Hello, and welcome to our fifth episode of The Daily Weekly. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Catherine Newham. And I'm Lizzie Lawrence. Last weekend, Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed to the Supreme Court after weeks of controversy surrounding claims of sexual assault. This past week, a club on campus, We Listen, hosted a conversation about the judiciary. We Listen is a club where liberal and conservative students can have discussions about hot-button issues. We sat in on a conversation at We Listen to hear what college Democrats and Republicans had to say about the judiciary system and about the Kavanaugh case at large. Monday night, we entered room 110 Weiser Hall and saw students lining up to fill out a form where they entered where they were on the political spectrum. After about 20 minutes, they were assigned to different tables where there was a equal amount of Republicans, Democrats, moderates, all so that they could have a pretty robust and um, um, equal conversation about the topic. And um, what's interesting is that they were given this form that gave them some general knowledge about the topic that they would be discussing. Do you want to talk about it, Lizzie? Yeah, so they were given um, a presentation and a sheet talking about some of the important cases in shaping the Supreme Court, so Supreme Court history, um, some of the different types of constitutional interpretations, originalism, which is the approach... um, where justices seek to apply original meaning in the Constitution, loose constructionism, um, and this believes that when interpreting the Constitution, justices should look wider than just the text of the Constitution, um, and strict constructionism or textualism, where justices look at the precise wording in the Constitution in order to gather a meaning. They also were given some Supreme Court statistics um, in terms of how liberal and conservative they've been over the years, and they were given some recent important cases. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that we got a group of students to agree to be recorded anonymously for this. And um, although We Listen aims to get a group of students from various viewpoints, this table seemed to be in agreement on a lot of topics discussed. Before the students got into the meat of the conversation, they found some common ground during the icebreaker section. I'm actually a black belt in karate, which is, oh really? Members then talked about how they became interested in the Supreme Court and their background in this topic. Yeah, for me, it was my uh, high school gov class. We actually did mock Supreme Court trials. So we had some people like be lawyers and some people would be the justices. And then we had the lawyers write briefs and like the justices would write about their decisions. And it was really interesting because like, we were given a decision to write about. And so it kind of forced you to like think about all of the different like aspects that go into like making a Supreme Court decision. I've always been like really into history and politics. I was always really big on like the American founding, the constitution, all like the complexities in it. Like the founding fathers and like all the subtleties to the constitution, how important it is. And so that's kind of why I would like I consider myself like an original. Something students at this table were in agreement about was that the Supreme Court has an enormous amount of power and the politicization of it in the past 20 years is concerning. The students also seem to be in agreement that Kavanaugh was a relatively moderate nominee. 
um, context is really, really important. And um, just like thinking back to when the Constitution was created and how much has changed, and like the political climate now is obviously so very different than like when George Washington and everyone created the Constitution. Like, I actually think a lot of my views on the court are kind of skewed by my engagement in debate because it's all about policy. Um, I'm often encouraged to view the court as a more like functional body, something that could change policy, change the course of things, and I realize that's not realistic. It's just kind of for the purpose of argument. So for that reason, my view of the Supreme Court is like kind of not developed in terms of how I think it should function. So I'm like coming into like a discussion like this pretty, pretty flexible, I guess, in terms of how I interpret. I agree with that to some extent, but I think like, where I'm a little bit different, I would say, is that like I think the founding fathers, like George Washington and all of them, built the Constitution to be flexible and to adapt with the times because they knew they couldn't predict the future. Once you start changing it to fit like the times, it, the, the logic becomes inconsistent, so then the cases start to conflict with each other. Well, and I think that like the Supreme Court also exists to ensure that I mean Congress or like the president like doesn't necessarily cross a legal boundary, right? That you enacted something or you uh, ratified something that doesn't necessarily that is at odds with how like the law works in the United States. Because they have that, like such important power, it's concerning that the Supreme Court is becoming more politicized. Because that's something that like, I go back to and when I think about the Supreme. Court, Court justices' roles, um, like as it was laid out by the founding fathers, they weren't supposed to be the way they are now. Um, just looking at this past confirmation and, and Gorsuch and things like that, um, I think judges with more headline approaches are being nominated, and um, in, in hearings we see a lot more pointed political questions. Kind of this idea of a litmus test is being used as whether we should confirm someone or not, which I think is a really dangerous thing because this litmus test is basically do you agree with my opinion or not, not how well can you interpret the Constitution or how well can you apply the Constitution. One thing about that though that I think is really interesting to point out is that Kavanaugh was the most moderate of all the three people on the shortlist and he yeah, was a put up because he was so moderate. One, I love like, my favorite stories are like Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like best, we're, we're best friends. Yeah. That's like awesome. <laughs> Given the recent nomination, I was surprised that it took them around 20 minutes to start talking about Kavanaugh and the allegations surrounding him. Yeah, I was surprised too, especially given the insane amount of media coverage and discussion on campus about this recent confirmation. He never stated his position on it during the hearings, right? He was like, I'm not going to talk about how I would rule on cases. Which is interesting because I think that, uh, like, I think the Democrats were really quick to demonize that. Like, no, come on, I want to hear what you have to say. And the funny thing is, they didn't say that for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said the exact same thing. I think also because this is an election year, well, for, not for the president, but for, you know, con on Congress, I think it was part of the strategy originally to pick a moderate, a relatively moderate judge, um, who seemingly on the surface has a clean record, like a nice church guy who, you know, coaches his kids' basketball team or whatever, so we thought that might be a more easy thing to push through in light of it being a, um, 
a, a midterm election year. Um, and of course, that didn't quite pan out. You should not be along the party line. It's like, I don't care what he needs. It's like this, if, if his or her idea, like, not ideology, but like theory and like logic is sound that they deserve to get the nomination, they deserve to be confirmed. Yeah, if they're like qualified and they can see that they have like a sound logical process to it. I think that personally that's what Trump should have done is pull Kavanaugh out and put someone that he knows is qualified. There's yeah. tons of people in this country who are qualified. Yeah, like it shouldn't be hard to be like this isn't working out. Questionable. Yeah, questionable. I was really disappointed when I saw Kavanaugh's Kevin, Kevin name at first, but then as the process went on, I became more. I, th I just think it's. It was. It would have been a dangerous thing to just to bring back the nomination for some of the reasons that were for like an uncredible, not like an uncorroborated allegation. I think it's a dangerous thing to like take someone's nomination back for that. That's such a bad precedent. So that's why I became more firmly for voting for towards the after the allegations, after like witnesses were talking. So after this comment, there was no verbal response from the table, but one of the girls had a visible response. Because on the one hand, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and it was uncorroborated, there was no tangible evidence other than her word. Um, but at the same time, are there other people that are the same or more qualified who don't have this mm. icky situation. Is it a safer option to go with someone else, right? Yeah. And the way that the political parties are, they're going to make people unhappy with the other side's choice. I think the conversation we're having now should have been the conversation that should have been in the Senate and made media because I've never actually seen political discourse stoop so low as I've ever been alive. I mean, it's really been pitted as this moral conundrum where one is a force for good and one is a force for evil. I was embarrassed for the country when like, they basically voted Democrat-Republican after seeing, like, hearing his testimony. No one actually cared, right. I felt like, about right. Dr. Ford. They cared about if he was Republican. And that's what stood out to me about the whole thing. I don't think that her story was heard. I think that they used her as a political tool and that people had preconceived notions and no matter what evidence was proposed, they were going to vote the way that they were. heard what they wanted to hear. The conversation only lasted around 30 minutes, and I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a little bit longer. Lizzie, do you think that that was enough time to have an adequate discussion about the judicial system and Kavanaugh? It's such a loaded topic. I don't know. You, you could talk about it for hours, probably. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it was cool to have this block of time separated for people to just openly discuss with each other. Whether or not this discussion represents the views of the campus as a whole is for anyone to say. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Weekly. We'll be taking a break next week, but we'll be back on the 26th. This podcast was produced by Colin Beresford, Avery Friedman, and Ryan Cox.